Welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri. As always, joined by Allison Aletha. Al, how are you on this lovely fall day? I am doing. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I've been uh, playing a lot of Pokemon this weekend, Pokemon Shield. Um, I'm trying to get caught up so I could do the second part of the DLC the, at the end of this month. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's coming up actually pretty fast. I yep. I might do the same thing actually. I um, I was waiting until like the second half of the DLC released to yeah. like do everything, but now now I feel almost tempted just to like just to like start over or like maybe bring in my old pokemon team from like the last gen i don't know if you can do that though can you yet i i have no idea i honestly i just started with the first half of the the first portion of the dlc so that way by the time the second one comes out be ready for it um and it was kind of rough getting back into it after like a year of not playing so i mean if you want to start over or if you want to bring in different pokemon that's good but i wouldn't want to fight hop all over again yeah, you know what? Totally, you're totally right. Hop, I forgot how dreadful Hop was. Oh, like a just a dirty sheet that wouldn't go away and it wouldn't unstain no matter how no matter how many times you washed it. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that would be yeah. that would be something fun to talk about. You know, once it's once the second part is done and we've played it, we could maybe do a show about it. Yeah, I uh, I remember that we did a show about Pokemon Sword Shield when it came out, and some people some people didn't like it because they were like, oh, this isn't Zelda. But some people were, like, really into it, actually, just because, you know, some, imagine, as hard as it sounds to believe, some people do listen to this show to hear our opinions on just general stuff and not just Zelda. So, yeah, <laughs> that, I think that we could do a follow-up on that, maybe. We'll see. I'd be down for that. It's going to be um, a good time either way. Yeah, so... We're going to have a good time today, for sure, and we have got a ton, a ton of stuff to get into. Uh, Of course, last week was part one of the Champions Ballad Retrospective, and this week is part two. And uh, let's just say that there's way more stuff to talk about in part two than there was part one. Before we get there, Al, I feel like perhaps we should just maybe really briefly touch upon the new Super Smash Bros. character announced for uh, Ultimate, (laughs) <laughs> and that was Steve from Minecraft. Yeah, what do you Steve? think about this? Um, you know what? <laughs> I know a lot of people are kind of like uh, excited or whatever, but I don't play Minecraft. I've never played Minecraft, and I was kind of just like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm kind of with you. Like, I I've never played Minecraft. Um, not don't really don't really have like a horse in that race. But I I thought that it was cool. I was like, you know what? This is. And again, it's a character with a unique move set. He's got a unique yeah. look. He's got uh, like a cool stage. Um, obviously, lots of work went into this character. Like, I don't necessarily love Minecraft, um, but you know what? I I didn't necessarily love Fire Emblem before I played as Marth in Melee. So like that that didn't really have uh, a, an effect on me. So I think that it's really cool. Some people were happy to see him in and then other people were just like oh minecraft that's a kid's game this is bs where's sora um where's man sora? I, would, I would take this guy over like another sword fighter any yeah. day, which is actually ironic because he does fight with a sword but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah so you have a good point he does have different like moves and stuff and he is different from what we see in smash bros currently so 
so it's all good like it's a good choice it just didn't it didn't affect me as i was hoping it would <laughs> yeah um i mean it wasn't it wasn't just like a oh my god kind of a reveal for me yeah but i like to be honest with you I don't know who's left that I would just absolutely lose my mind over. I can think of maybe one character, and then the rest of them, I'd just be like, oh, that's cool. You know what? Probably the same, but I'm I'm waiting for the day that they completely shock me, and I'd be like, you know what? This would make me pick up the game again. Yeah, I like I don't I don't think anything could ever top the Cloud Strife announcement because that was just like so that was huge. bonkers and unreal and and yeah. like. I've said it before, but, like, that is the moment when I was just like, you know what? It is possible for anybody to be in Smash. I don't care if they're from, like, Microsoft or Sony. Like, it's possible for anybody to get into Super Smash Bros. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Like, I, I think the last big one that would really, really, really excite me is Master Chief. Just because I think that oh. would be so cool to see, like, the Xbox, like, flagship character get into Smash. And, I mean, like, we already have Banjo. We already have Steve. So, like... It's not like Microsoft isn't willing to work with Nintendo. But, uh, yeah, you know, aside from that, I don't know who's left that I'd be, like, really dying for. Like, I don't care about Sora. I don't care about Dante. Uh, yeah, man. Um, Master Chief would be cool, but other than that, it's just kind of... I feel like my reaction is going to be Steve levels for almost everyone, where it's like, oh, <laughs> that's neat. You oh, know? cool. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. Um, Master Chief, that would be interesting. And it... For, to be honest, it's kind of hard for me to think of characters like that, like that are so out of left field for something like Smash Bros. So, you know, bring it on. If it's Master Chief, heck yeah, bring it on. Yeah, I'd be totally down for that. Um, all right, well, we're we're finally here. We are uh, we are just on the cusp of part two of the Champions Ballad retrospective, Allison. And like I said, we have a lot to get into here, so um, I guess should we just dive headfirst and, and get this show on the road? Yeah, let's do it. I didn't realize how big, actually big this was. I kind of, I guess I kind of remembered it being smaller, but there is a lot in here. I agree. So last week when I was, I was divvying up the shows because I was like, well, there's, there's too much to do one week and to do the whole Champions Ballad Justice, so I'm going to split it into two. And I was looking for the midway point. And I was like, there's not really a midway point at all. There's like a third point where like, I think the first third is the obliterator section. The second third is like the, the songs. And then the final third is the divine beast. But yeah. uh, we're, we're going two out of three today and we're going to cram it in there. So <laughs> let's do buckle it. Buckle in guys. This could be a long one. Um, okay. So where we left off was we had just finished getting the one hit obliterator. It had split up and, uh, the orbs, the spirit orbs, or whatever they are, flew over to the divine beasts, their respective divine beasts. Uh, we talked a little bit about the master cycle, so we're not going to touch on that today. And uh, we, we just talked about the initial announcement and all the costumes. So we're going to get right into the action and pick up where we left off. And Allison, let's do this in the order that I did this in a couple weeks ago when I was replaying Breath of the Wild. Okay. Let's so the first thing that, uh, or the first area that I went to, was over to uh, Vameto, and I did Rivaldi song. So saw my boy Cass. He was he was spinning his tunes up on uh, up on the top <laughs> there, and uh, I I really thought that the that the structure that they used is really cool. It's like a it's like a three pronged 
thing or like statue or something that pops out of the um, pops out of the ground, and you can kind of like decipher uh, kind of where the where the hidden shrines are from it. I really liked this actually. It was like very. Um, I really like when Breath of the Wild in, like encourages you to explore the landscape in order to yeah. figure out puzzles. I liked it a lot. I did too. I really like that they show the pictures of the map without any like. It's just the map, so you have to you have to kind of know your landmarks to figure out exactly where they're trying to show you. Which at the first time I played through, it was a lot harder. Um, but the the second time, it was kind of like I remembered, but vaguely, so it kind of again made me have to remember my landmarks and where things were i really like that they did that like it wasn't just like put a marker there and be like hey go here you know yes a hundred percent yeah i totally agree with you um and there's like the little riddles that you could figure out and and whatnot and like i i thought that the whole thing worked really well and it was a it was a clever and easy way to elongate the champion's ballad because if they had just like pointed you literally to point a yeah. You'd be there, and it'd be done. But, like, this one you have to explore. It gives, like, to put it back into context, like, this comes out um, nine months or so after Breath of the Wild is out. So, like, a lot of players like myself would probably put the game down for a while. So, like, this kind of eases them back into it. You know, we have the Obliterator section, which eases you back into the Great Plateau. We have this section, which, like, eases you back into the world and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I thought that this concept was really smart. And there were a lot of fun... Like little, not mini games, but like little things that you had to do in order to, uh, in order to unlock the shrine. Yeah, nothing like too crazy or long or anything like that either. It was just something kind of fun and different um, to kind of unlock the shrines, which I really liked. Yeah, I I totally liked it too. Um, okay, well let's let's get into it. Let's talk about Rivaldi's song, and I was all about shield surfing the the one of them takes you to uh to the hebra peak and you have to shield surf uh, all the way down and when you do you get the kiatoza shrine i love shield surfing and I, I just like think it's so fun uh i would be totally down for like a like a shield surfing mini game like or a spin-off game or something like that i think it's a blast but i really enjoyed this i thought that the the shrine was was pretty fun it's like um you basically have to use all of your runes in tandem to like guide a ball into like a big socket, uh, which I, I I thought that the shrine was clever. It was bite sized but uh, it was fun. I thought the whole thing was really fun. Uh, yeah, I agree. the The portion with the um the shield surfing, it kind of like the with the rings. It reminded me of all my like childhood games that I played, where you have the races and the rings, like Spyro or tie or uh, like jack and daxter and you're like racing to get to these rings and you can't miss oh, one tie the tasmanian tiger yeah it was oh yeah. man you're the only person i know that's ever played that game oh my gosh i'm waiting for that remaster to come out on the switch i don't know when that's happening but <laughs> um but yeah that so i really liked that kind of throwback for me and i thought it was a lot of fun i too enjoy uh, shield surfing so i kind of like that they brought it back and made you like kind of do it so that you could get to the shrine and yeah the shrine was a good puzzle it wasn't like it wasn't too hard it wasn't too easy it was kind of just fun and yeah you had to use all your skills to to get the orb to where it was supposed to go so it wasn't it wasn't too memorable but it was still kind of fun bite-sized fun yeah I, I like the ones that are like um they're not like ridiculously hard but they're not ridiculously easy 
they're straightforward enough, but the, you also feel accomplished after. Yeah, you feel you, you still them. feel kind of clever. Yeah. So yeah, this one really worked for me. We should mention too that all of the songs in here, so each champion has their own song. Um, all of them have three of these little shrine quests uh, attached to them. So um, I also enjoyed the next one, which was going back to the flight range and hitting four targets in one go in uh, in action. And you know, again, it's like it's it's fairly simple, but it's it's I don't know maybe challenging enough where like I was like okay cool like I did that I I think that. You know, I, I feel accomplished again. Um, and I thought that the shrine, jeez, uh, what is this called? Noe Raji Shrine. Love these names. <laughs> uh, I thought that this one was really fun. You need to hit all of the different switches to ride the wind to the top. So you're basically just floating around and there's like this spinning. Uh, it almost looks like a like a skyscraper, actually, like a spinning skyscraper. And uh, you, you're trying to hit all of these four different switches and you got to you gotta like fall and then get your swift sail out, or not swift sail, your your sailcloth out. And uh, I, I don't know, I, I really like puzzles like that where you kind of like ride the wind and stuff like that. Um, this one was a big home run to me. Uh, this was one of my favorite shrines actually in the whole Champions Ballad. Um, yeah, so I, I I wouldn't say this is my favorite one of the all of them, but I did like it. I did like that you had to think about where how to get to the switches. My only problem with these shrines is I feel like they would have been more challenging if you weren't so far in the game because at this point I have max stamina so I could be in the air for a really long time. I didn't have to really pay attention to it as much as maybe if I didn't have that much stamina. Um, I also had bomb arrows so that just made shooting the, the switches a lot easier. So while I appreciate they kind of take you back to the basics with this Champions Ballad, you're still very strong at this point in the game, so it makes That's them a true. little bit easier. So I liked it, but it was a bit easy for me. Yeah, that's true. I, I think that, like, I wouldn't say it was challenging, but I just, like, I like the sensation of, like, flying around and, and dropping and then, like, quickly yeah. Like, I, yeah, flying I did again. Yeah, I still uh, It was still fun. Yeah, but, I mean, you're right. Like, you... And you can only start the Champion's Ballad after you have all the other Divine Beasts done. So, like, by definition, you're going to be at least decently powerful with, like, you know, a couple extra hearts or whatever. So, um, yeah, that didn't take away from my enjoyment, though, I will say. Um, what I did not enjoy was the third Shrine Quest from uh, from Rivali's song here. Now, they basically ask you to go find Dinral and shoot his horn and uh after you you do that the shrine pops up so i am just like okay easy peasy i'll go find dinral wait for him to come out got my favorite little camping spot there he is jump off boom hit him right in the hit him right in the keister and i'm just like nothing's happening why is nothing happening and i <laughs> forgot that you needed to go and talk to some jabroni in order to like trigger the his horns to like glow or whatever and i was just like ugh. so it took me far longer than i needed to uh that i should have spent to actually get this shrine activated i didn't know that i didn't realize that you had to talk to somebody i guess i just always did so it didn't it didn't affect me but this time i tried to be smart when i shot dinral because the last couple times that I did it, I was like kind of midair. The shrine popped up over here, and I'd either have to climb or fall down or whatever. So I tried to like to gauge where I was gonna be, and I used Rivali's Gale to get really high up. That way, I could just float over after I hit the horn. I was trying to be strategic about it this time. 
because that's a big like fall down there and you have to oh, climb yeah. back up so I, I i tried to be smart this time <laughs> well did did you land it yeah i did i i got it pretty good oh, okay, it okay, worked okay. out really well um okay so we get the the shira gomar shrine and um this is another kind of like follow the wind tunnel but you have uh you have bombs as well um i thought that this one was decently fun maybe maybe the weaker of the three but uh still pretty decent yeah again it was um if you use the bombs it was kind of like tricky and you had to do your timing right but again i had bomb arrows so i just kind of i just kind of glided through that one <laughs> uh, i think i did use the bombs because i was just like i don't want to cheese it and just use bomb arrows and like I, I think I'll always try and do, like, a shrine how it's intended at least once. Yeah. And if I'm just like, this is BS, then I'll, like, you know, then I'll just flip that gyroscopic thing over or something like that. But, <laughs> right. yeah, I'll, I'll try and do it the way that the game intends just to just to make him happy. Um, okay, so after you get all of the three shrines, the, uh, the centerpiece in this little uh, obelisk activates and you get to go and refight the blights and yeah. allison i have been critical of the refighting all of the boss gimmick before on this show and i am going to be critical of it again i oh. did not like it i i don't know it's just like i've already done this i've already seen this i've already accomplished this i don't need to do it again yes you have fewer hearts and you have specific like equipment that you have to wear and you have to manage but like it just like it wasn't it wasn't as fun to me and I was trying to get it over with as quickly as I could. I mean, I understand that, but I I like that because they were forcing you to fight the boss again. I like that they, you know, they gave you very specific weapons and armor and you had to fight him that way and I kind of like that because you can fight them any way you want when you're just playing it the regular uh original game, but I kind of like that they like force you i don't know just to make it a little bit more challenging because i could take out one blight in two minutes but when i didn't have all my gear it made it a much longer battle and i actually had to dodge and be smart about it so i've i've got a suggestion that you're in about 60 seconds you're going to be agreeing with me on okay now allison what if instead of refighting the blights as link when you enter you actually are playing as Rivali or Urbosa or Mifa or Daruk and you're fighting them and you can defeat them and that's fine. But then at the end of the battle, it, when it looks like the blades are defeated, something happens and then they overcome you. And that's where you see the tragic end of each champion. I think that would have been such a powerful moment and such a, it would have been a way to fight the blights in not a repetitive way. And I wish they would have done that. You know what? It makes sense. And a month ago, I would have been like, yeah, you know what? That would have been a cool idea to do. But now we've got Age of Calamity coming out. I know. I think we're going to get it anyways. So I, I just mean, want to point out, this was a thought that I had before <laughs> Age of Calamity came out, by God. Fair enough. Fair enough. And like I said, a month ago, I would have been in total agreement with you. I think that does sound like a good idea. I, I think it's like an idea that Nintendo would never have done. But <laughs> No. I mean, there's the logistics of like, Okay, well, Rivali can fly, Mifa can control water. Like, yeah. Th there is, like, some stuff you'd have to consider, but even if they were just, like, a skin swap for Link, I, I think I would have been okay with that. Yeah, that would have been cool. I agree. Um, but I guess that is never to be. Uh, and I understand why they did the 
you got to fight the blights again. Um, again, to put in context, lots of people, myself included, probably hadn't been playing Breath of the Wild for a couple months by the time this DLC comes out. So it is, again, just kind of a way to get people back into the swing of things and, frankly, prepare them for what is going to come uh, once we get into the final Divine Beast. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just like, I'm not a fan of that gimmick. I really, I'm really not. Well, I have a question for you then. Did you know that you can still keep going back and fighting the Blights as many times as you want, and there's more dialogue from the champions after every time you fight them? Uh, I did know that, actually, yes. So I personally did not want to keep fighting the Blights after that, but I did, like, look up a video and see what they said. But that's crazy that they, like, they kind of said, hey, if you keep fighting the Blights, we'll give you more on the champions, which kind of made me sad, but, like... At the same time, I guess I kind of get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's cool, but, like, definitely fighting the Blights once again, like, twice, I guess I should say, was enough for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's let's go over to Daruk and Daruk's song. That's the second one that I uh, did. And you start off, this one's kind of fun, by dropping through a ring in lava, and that gets you the Renew... Honika Shrine. Um, so I think that there was like some crates or something like that nearby. And I basically just uh, magneased them into the lava. And then just like, uh, I think I used Revali's Gale and then just like fell down. Like you can kind of, you're kind of sort of on the crate after you, uh, after you land. So like you're not burning, but, or you know what? No, I, I jumped down. And I used Revali's Gale to get out. That's what I did. So mm. I thought that this one was kind of clever. It, I did the same thing where I used Revali's Gale, but I saw somebody else at one point. They like jumped onto the rocks in the lava, and they used they used the the crates to propel them through the lava on the rock. And I was like, "How are people so smart? That is such that that's so genius." Wow. I was yeah, boring I... and used Revali's Gale. <laughs> yep. I I thought I was actually pretty clever because I was just like, I don't know if I was supposed to do it like this, but man, I I. I'm really smart coming up with this, but I guess <laughs> we're not as smart as we think. No. Um, also, shout out to the Goron Bros. I love these guys. I love when they show up. These guys are awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, so I actually, I didn't really make a bunch of notes about the shrine, other than the shrine is okay until you get to the gyro-controlled parts. Yeah. I hate gyroscopic controls. I hate them. I hate them. I think that they are the worst part about Breath of the Wild. I don't like them either, but I feel like in this shrine, they weren't the worst. It wasn't the worst that we've seen with the motion controls in the can, shrines. Can you refresh me? What is... like? Was... I'm pretty sure you just have... There's like a platform where you make yourself a walkway, and then you have to block the fire with the sides. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's exactly what it was. Yeah, and, I, So it wasn't as know. bad. I feel like it wasn't awful... But any time that you have to use gyroscopic <laughs> controls is bad. Um, all right. Second second shrine, you have to fly through a bunch of rings from the top of Death Mountain. I thought that this was really fun. Uh, it You know, kind of the same thing as shield surfing, but, like, combining it with the wind. I'm always a sucker for these kinds of gimmicks. And that gets you the Sharo Lun Shrine. And, uh, yeah, this, this one was okay. It was pretty fun, actually. You... Uh, you grab onto the block as it as it moved you along, and you know you can use cryosis at the end. I thought, yeah, it was fun. Nothing, I... nothing like outstanding. 
<laughs> I remember the first time that I did it, and you gotta be kind of quick thinking, so I like that, but I fell way too much, like, aggravatingly too much. I fell a lot, and by the end, I was just like, oh, I'm so done with this dumb shrine. <laughs> I think yeah. if I had done it better, it would have been, I would have had better feelings about it. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was okay on it, um... It was it, like this one was was average. I feel like actually, um, all of the like I feel like all the Daruk shrines were like kind of average. But uh, I liked everything that you did to get into the shrines, so yeah. it kind of evened out for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so last one, you need to defeat a flame talus, and uh, that gets you into Kamiya Omuma Shrine. And uh, the first half of this with the bomb cannon is awesome. The second half with <laughs> the gyro controls is the drizzling you-know-what. Hot garbage. <laughs> um, yes, I love fighting taluses, so that I really like that you got to fight this giant talus, and it was pretty cool. You did a lot in the air, and he's throwing rocks up at you. Um, I like that part. I thought the first part, um, yeah, I like the first part where you're hitting the target with the bomb cannon, but the motion controls, ugh. Mm, not my favorite. Yeah, they they are awful, and unfortunately, they're gonna rear their ugly head again before we're done talking <laughs> yeah. about all these shrines. Um, so yeah, you fight Fireblade again. Nothing really to add on to that, I don't think. Um, again, just don't really like that that refight the bosses that you've already fought gimmick. Not my favorite. Yeah, um, Fireblade isn't too bad. I I can't. I, it's actually kind of forgettable now that I'm trying to think about it. I don't even remember the weapons I I think that Fireblade is the easiest fight of the of the four. I yeah. Think I, I think I feel fine saying that. Maybe Windblade, actually. I don't know. I usually feel like Windblade is the easiest for me. But Fireblade, I always feel like I forget about him. So. Yeah, I I feel, maybe now that I've said it, I think that Windblade is easy. But, like, Fireblade is also, like, he's pretty, he doesn't pose much of a challenge, I don't yeah. think. Um, okay, let's go over to Urbosa's song. And uh, I loved almost everything in Urbosa's song. Um, the first shrine that you get, the Kiev Tala Shrine, you need you access after you beat uh, Malyu King, which yeah. I I love. Like I I just think like fighting these things is so much fun. It's so rewarding. You get so much cool weaponry and like just cool drops after you're done. Uh, I I I loved fighting this guy. I, I thought it was a blast. Yeah, I really like fighting. I, I like fighting Moldogos too, but he was he was pretty cool. He was huge and, um, you know, a lot more health and just scary and creepy. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, he has a lot of uh, a good drops, so I like fighting him too. Yeah, um, and it's just like uh, it's it's really – it's fun and it's intense. Yeah, and, it's and one the music's of the, like, it's good. Not, yeah, yeah, the music is awesome. Yeah. It's not like a boss battle proper per se, but I feel like it's one of the more fun, like, you know, boss, quote-unquote boss encounters of the game. Yeah. Um, and the shrine is awesome, too. It's like, it's another one of those ones where, like, you have to um, you have to build the electrical current or, like, the electricity line or whatever to get to the end of the shrine to open up the doors. I will even shock you, Allison, and say that the optional gyroscopic parts weren't awful in this. I, wow, I completely disagree with everything you just said. 
I don't like any electrical or electric type shrines. I usually just can't stand them. They just feel, I don't know, they feel like a huge chore to me. And, of course, I'm constantly electrocuting myself on accident. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you stand too close to the water and it has an electric current, you don't even have to be in the water. But if you stand too close, you will get electrocuted. And then the the motion control portion is, I definitely don't like that one. That's the one where you have to, like, line, you have to do a lot of lining up and timing with it. And I, yeah, no, I do not mm-hmm. like that. So this is not my favorite shine. But the, the puzzle portion of it where you had to make the line, the current, and you had to use all the pieces well, I did like that part. I just don't like the electric part of it. <laughs> really? I, like, I love those shrines, actually, where, like, you have to build your your current or whatever and, like, to open the doors. And, like, there's so many, like, clever things that you can do. Like, you can you can drop your steel swords if you want, or you can do... Like, I, I just love those. I feel like those are kind of one of the more, like, creative kinds of shrines in the game they're definitely but something. i can also understand if you're a klutz and you electrocute yourself <laughs> you wouldn't like them uh, all right let's let's move on uh the next shrine is also awesome i think and it starts off with sand seal surfing i love doing that i think it's so much fun I think the uh, I like shield surfing on snow better, but the sand seal part is always you know it's just like a good time, and um, again it's the rings and you kind of have to race to get to them and not miss any and it, it just takes me back to my childhood. So of course I loved getting to the shrine. I love that part. Uh, yeah, it, I I just feel like it's so fun riding the seals and like uh, I I don't know if I'd say I like it more than shield surfing like down a mountain either. But it's also kind of fun because, like, you have your, like, you can move the, but you can also move Link. Like, there's a little bit more flexibility in your movements there, yeah. um, which I think is really cool. I really loved um, seal surfing, like, in Breath of the Wild proper, like, all of the shrine quests. And, of course, when you're uh, going to Naboris, I thought that that was, like, yeah, a really that was good time. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and I think that the shrine itself is fun as well. You have to uh, you have to build yourself a staircase to get to the top. It wasn't too challenging, but uh, I had a good time with it. Uh, <laughs> I don't like the electric portion of it, but <sighs> it's funny because that wall that you have to build with the, the current is, it reminds me of one of the shrines that we'll talk about for Mifa's song, and that was <laughs> that was a difficult time for me. But so it kind of reminded me of that, and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be hard it too, isn't it? And it was okay. It wasn't as bad. So it was an okay shrine. Um, okay, let's move on to the last one. Uh, this is the Kahiro Mo Shrine. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, <laughs> so what you need to do, you need to go back to the Yika Clan hideout, and you need to throw an orb right into that big hole where uh, poor old Master Koga fell to his demise, um, I think I think that that was really fun. Yeah, that uh, was I cool. always like the like the segments where you got to sneak around, like just being back in that location. I thought was great. Um, unfortunately, I feel like the shrine itself is a catastrophe. It's awful. <laughs> this is another prime example of forced gyroscopic controls bogging something that should be fun down. And um, I ended up cheating and looking it up, and then uh, I got the chest, but I just, like, hated 
this shrine, which really was too bad because I really, really liked everything in Urbosa's song up until this. Um, <laughs> I I like the part where you get to throw the orb in the pit because I don't know. I'm pretty sure most everybody jumped into that pit to see what was at the bottom, and then you can't, you don't get to see. So it was kind of cool to know that there was a pedestal down there waiting for the orb. Um, I actually really like this shine. <laughs> Um, I didn't feel like the, the motion controls were too bad because all you had to do was flip a box. It wasn't like you were trying to align something and it wasn't working out for you. And then you just had to guess the colors of or how many of each colored orb there was. And I, I liked it. I thought it was oh. kind of fun. I, it was different. I hated it. God. Oh, well. Because it's, it's so, it's like so awful to, to twist it around. Like, if there were a rhyme or reason to the gyroscopic controls, or like that would be one thing. But I feel like I'm moving my arm, I'm contorting it behind my head. The thing is spinning left, and I'm trying to get it to spin right. So then I move right, and the thing spins up instead of left, and I'm just like ah! And like I was like, just just tell me how many like goddamn green orbs are in this thing. And then when you have to like pull the bottom out from it so it all of them spill out was also. I don't know. It, it was it was not a fun way to end Urbosa's song for me, unfortunately. I liked it. I guess we just have opposite views on these shrines. We our electrical shrine tastes are are quite different. Totally I'm surprised different. about that. <laughs> uh, okay, well let's see. I guess we should mention too that you go and fight uh, Thunderblight Ganon. Of course, I think we can all agree that this is probably the hardest blade fight, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. and it is, I think it was harder when you had, like, the limit of weapons and stuff. You don't have everything that's in your arsenal, but I like fighting him, like, the traditional way, so it makes mm -hmm. it, like, a good challenge. So I, I'm i not opposed to refighting Thunderblade, because he's always fun. I, I agree, actually. Like, I think it's the best fight of the four, and um, it's, it's, like, the most clever, because, like, you can pick up the little, uh, what, I don't know, spikes or yeah. whatever they are. Um, and you can, like, shock the heck out of him. And I always felt, like, really kind of cool doing that. So, yeah, I was uh, I was totally okay doing this particular fight again just because I thought that it was really fun. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah. Let's move on to Mipha's song. And uh, I, I feel like the shrine quests for Mipha were unfortunately pretty weak. Um, the first one is you need to swim up a waterfall and go through some rings to get you to the Ma Aliyah Shrine. But, like, all you have to do is press A, and you literally just go through all the rings. You don't have to do anything. So that yeah. was kind of disappointing. It was kind of lame that you didn't get to guide yourself as you yeah. had in the in the other ones. Yeah, um, I agree. I thought that the shrine itself was fun, though. Um, you quickly have to switch between uh, Magnesis and Stasis and Cryonis to, like, build a staircase to get to the top. And this is another one where I'm like, I'm not sure if I did this right, but I'm here. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely not sure if I did it right either. I have a fun little story about this one. Uh, the first time I don't even remember doing it the first time, but the second time I do, because I was um, quote unquote caffeinated <laughs> pretty heavily. And I it took me like a good solid 20 minutes to figure it out. <laughs> It oh was boy. it was a hot mess, but it was still so fun. Like it was frustrating, like we were saying in the last episode, but in a good way, like in a fun way. Are, are we talking like uh, like single sugar caffeinated or like triple triple caffeinated? Like triple triple caffeinated. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, Godspeed. Congratulations <laughs> for doing that. Uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, and the the second one is the Key Defunia Shrine. I wonder how Nintendo names these. They, they must just use some like name generator or something, and they take the first one that comes out. Weren't they? Weren't they like rearrange um, like names of the people that worked on the shrines? I could have swore that was something that was said. I have no idea. That's kind of cool, though, if that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is another one where the shrine quest is lame. You need to uh, you need to dive into a ring at sunrise on, like, the very um, eastern part of the map. I thought that that was really weak. I didn't enjoy doing that at all. I don't know. What about you? Yeah, it was just lame. It, eh. If you yeah. have a lot of stamina, it's not that hard. If you don't, you can use Cryonis until you get there. Yeah, I I just like yeah, it wasn't fun. You got to wait and it's it's not fun. Um yeah. the shrine itself is also not fantastic. It's one of the ones where like you need to um you need to melt the ice blocks to create like stepping stones to get to the top. So like it's not it's not challenging. Actually, it's it's so not challenging that like it's quite easy that I was this is one that was too easy for me that I was just like, "Eh, okay." Yeah, I completely forgot about it until I did it again and I was just like, "Oh yeah." And, I mean, you could go overboard and accidentally overmelt some ice blocks, but that's about it. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's pretty pathetically easy. Um, and, unfortunately, three out of the three shrine quests were bad because the third one is you need to kill some Sky Guardians. And I was like, what does this have to do with Mipha or Zora's or Ruta or anything? Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't... I didn't love it. I ended up just using some ancient arrows and like wham, bam, Sam. I got into the shrine. Uh, we get into the Sato Koda shrine. And uh, fortunately, I think that the shrine itself is fun. It's one of the ones where you need to make like a pathway using ice blocks and like bring the ball into the slot. I, I thought it was like kind of neat. Um, yeah, if you don't have ancient arrows for those, uh, those aerial um, guardians, it can be kind of tough. And I remember being frustrated because I had run out of my ancient arrows. But if you do have the it's ancient horrible. arrows, it's like it's super easy. You just one shot them, and then it was an okay puzzle. It wasn't. Um, I don't know. It wasn't. It didn't take me too long to think about it, and it was just again. It was just something that was forgettable for me, though. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was just okay, and it it was unfortunate because like I saved Mifa for last because she's my favorite champion. But it seems like the shrines and the shrine quests were just kind of uh, not up to par with some of the other ones that we saw. Yeah. Which which was too bad. But um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't terrible, and it gets us to where we need to go. And that, of course, is to the final divine beast. And you go back to the shrine of resurrection, and you go to town. And I like you know we kind of talked about this a little while ago, but like I just love the implication that there's like this hidden divine beast that maybe nobody knows about except for like these ancient monks or something like that i i thought that that was like really cool and i know that some people were like oh this doesn't make sense but like i love it i just the more i play this game and you know those like obelisks came out of the ground the, the three pronged whatevers for this uh dlc and then you have this this dungeon underneath the shrine of resurrection and i'm just like is it the whole like bottom portion of Hyrule just all a giant Sheikah like whatever and then there's just happens to be land on top of it because that's kind of how it feels you got towers coming out of everywhere and it just 
and Divine Beast hidden down there. It's just like, is it all just Sheikah stuff down there? Makes mm -hmm. you wonder. Yeah. Makes you wonder. Yeah, I I love the idea that it's like hidden down there, and it, it kind of also makes you like wonder, like, okay, like what exactly is the Shrine of Resurrection? Like, how does it work? Like, what yeah. what don't we know about it? So, um, there's a lot of like really cool lore implications and usually i'm not really one to dwell on that kind of stuff i've for the most part i'm just like okay it's a video game this is a dungeon i accept that you know what i mean but like i really like the idea that there could be something more to that um and i really like this divine beast i think i think i i would say that this is pretty easily the best one of the five yeah 100 percent. and i know that a lot of people feel this way too but it felt like a traditional zelda dungeon compared yes. to the other divine beasts yeah, and, you know, the, the thing about the Divine Beast that, that hurts it a little bit is, like, all of them look the same, just, like, yeah. aesthetically. So, and that's so important when you think about the great Zelda dungeons is, like, they're all themed, you know, one looks like a forest, one is filled with water, one is, you know, on fire, etc., etc. So, like, these ones have the disadvantage of, like, by the nature of what they are, they all look similar and they bleed together. And this one kind of does as well, but this one also has the advantage of, like, it kind of brings in the best of all of the other divine beasts and yeah. can utilize that. So like you have all of your, your fire puzzles, you have your wind puzzles, electricity, water. Um, and I think that it's like, it, it executes this really well and it's really strong. And there is like some, definitely some really clever puzzles. And the whole gimmick behind this is you basically need to go into the, the four sections of the divine beast to unlock the doorway to get into the final chamber and each of these four sections is of course themed and there are some really great puzzles you know what's interesting you're just talking about all that and it makes me think of ganon's castle or ganon's tower it's basically the same thing you go and you do each themed portion of the game that you've done before to unlock the door to get to the boss yeah yeah I, yeah you're totally right but it does it so well that it doesn't feel like ganon's castle because i i know we don't uh, like we don't totally like Ganon's Castle because it just feels like you're rehashing and it doesn't feel like you're it doesn't feel like you're taking all your skills that you've learned um this is hard to, I can't figure out what I'm trying to say but like you refight the bosses and all that crap and it's not as fun but this made it fun mm -hmm. yeah I I know what you're trying to say I speak Allison okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry no, to everybody I, else I, listening. I agree it's uh it's like it's a nice kind of, it doesn't feel like a rehash, but it does feel like you're a culmination of like you putting to use all of the skills that you've been um, like that, fine tuning yeah. throughout your adventure. That's what I was trying uh, to say. <laughs> so there, uh, I just want to really quickly talk about some of the puzzles in each room here. Um, I thought that the, the room where like you need to flip the wheel back and forth to get the orb spinning to where you need to go was yeah. like really fun. It reminded me almost of like a um like those things that you did when you were a kid and like you put the marble in and it spins down the, oh, yeah, the shoot yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Wow, what a throwback right there. No, yeah, I get you. I liked it too and it was kinda it was different. It wasn't something like that you've seen in Zelda very much or at all or in Breath of the Wild at all. So it was really cool. And I was like, oh, this is trippy, but it's neat. I like it. Yeah, I, I thought that that one really worked. Um, I liked the fan room where, like, you have to basically switch the fan on, like, off and on and, like, ride the currents from one end to the other. Um, it was simple, but I thought that it was really fun. Mm -hmm. And I, then I... 
Oh, I was just going to say, it reminds me of uh, one of the dungeons from Wind Waker. I can't remember which one. The Earth one, I think? No, the Wind one. But with the giant fan towards the boss. Oh, door. yeah, the, the Wind Dungeon. Well, it, this didn't remind me of that because this was actually fun. <laughs> oh! Uh, <laughs> uh, shout out to all of our Wind Waker fans out there. Um, I really, really, really loved the spinning electrical room and i feel like maybe we disagree on this but i really love those those like you have to line up the current puzzles i i think that those are like really fun they never get old to me uh, and i thought that this one with like the entire spinning room was like really was really fun and like you you had to move the i don't know the piston or whatever and like make the room turn i i was having a blast um you'll be surprised but this was actually my favorite room in the dungeon <laughs> Okay, Um, go. The reason being is because I was able to solve it. I have never, ever been able to do Naboris, like, at all how it should be. I cheesed the heck out of Naboris. And so I felt really accomplished that I figured out the puzzle in this room, and I liked it, and I didn't electrocute myself. And I was just like, this is actually kind of cool. I feel like I accomplished something Naboris-wise here without cheesing the heck out of it. So it's actually my favorite room. Okay. You know what? I think it's my favorite room, too. Um, let's talk about the water room because I struggled in this room, man. Like I, it took me way longer than I would care to admit to figure out how to get the water room spinning. I was like, I was trying to do everything to get up there. I like entered and exited like, like probably like 15 times. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know what, to be honest, and I played this now maybe like a month and a half ago. And now I can't even remember what I did to get the room finally spinning. But I remember, like, the water puzzle was fun, but I it was one of those ones where, like, I somehow arrived at the end, and I was like, how did I do this? Like, I, it felt like a total accident that I had gotten there. Um, and I feel like I didn't figure it out. I feel like I didn't solve it. But I somehow landed where I needed to go, and I was like, you know what? Good enough. I'm, I was kind of the same with solving the puzzle where I kind of just followed it and it sort of just happened and I was like, oh, I guess I solved it. But now that I now, now that you mentioned that, I think that was the one where it was more involved with the outside of it to get it going and you're just confused because all the other rooms weren't quite like that. You just kind of were went in there and got it going. But this one you had to use like mechanisms from outside the room. Well, I know that you had to use the the piston to like turn it so that the door would come. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't remember what you did after that. I think I've just blocked it from my memory because I'm so <laughs> horrible at it. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, I, I also feel like I didn't really solve the puzzle in that one. It definitely had a pretty good puzzle in my opinion, but I was kind of, it was kind of one of those things where I was just following the line and I got to the end and I was like, Oh, I did it. I don't know how, but I did it. Yeah. Well, uh, whatever. I mean, we'll, We'll take it, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't feel accomplished. I felt like, like I, I felt like I only got to where I needed to go. It's like when you win a race because someone else breaks their leg and like you were gonna lose for sure, but you somehow ended up winning. Not that I race or anything, but like you know what I mean. But yeah, uh, so once you do all four rooms, you know where we're going. You get to what I might say is the greatest boss battle in the legend of zelda i think i might say that oh that's that's hard to say in the whole series but definitely I, in breath of the i'm Wild. gonna make i'm gonna make that claim right here 
on the Champions cast today, I think that Monk Maskashia is the best boss battle in the series. Wow, I don't know if I can I don't know if I can commit to that. But you know let's do let's do a follow-up episode where we just rank all of the greatest boss battles in the series because I I feel I like I feel really good. I feel really bold saying that, but now that I've said it, I'm like, "Oh no, what about this?" Maybe yeah, next right? week we can do that. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, it sounds like a it. good time. <laughs> we're coming we're coming back to this, but uh, yeah, Monk Maz Kashia. Wow. This was everything about this is so 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 good. Um you've been talking to Maz throughout pretty much the entirety of the Champions Ballad. You you just you, when you think that you're about to get the reward, you there's that moment and then the music kicks in and she's just like I offer you this one final trial. And like in in wrestling, they call it that big fight feel. This mm-hmm. had the big fight feel in spades, did it not? I mean, f- well, first of all, you don't ever see the monks like move. So when like the finger twitched, oh, and you were just like, oh my god, wait, what? <laughs> and and then you realize that you were going to fight this guy. Oh, it was it was it was good. It was a it, good. It was feeling. like a mummy coming to life. Yeah, like, like Frankenstein's monster rising up and being like, let's do it. And that I you you can't overstate how wicked that music is. It's so oh, it's so good, perfect. It's like it's techno-y, but it's also like a, a remix of like the Guardian battles and like you go into that stage up in like the the rain and stuff like that. Oh man, it's it's so so good. The yeah. atmosphere is off the charts. They gave you everything. They gave you this really imposing boss battle and. You just you have to use like all the skills that you have learned at this point, and it's not just from fighting blights, but it's from fighting like everything that you've been fighting throughout Breath of the Wild, and I just think that's so cool. And it's not like it it didn't feel to me like there were very exact phases. You just kind of got this variety of flurry and attacks, and you're just like, oh, what's happening now? But you kind of figured it out eventually. Yeah. I just I think that's so cool. There's definitely there's two distinct phases that I have, and let's talk about the first one. But um, so the first one, you're just literally fighting Maz, and like I was getting tossed around like a rag doll from yeah. Maz. Uh, she makes like a million clones, and uh, you know what I learned actually, which is kind of cool. When when Maz has all of the clones out, if you take out your camera and you look at them, a square will form around the real Maz. Oh, okay. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's I didn't know that either. I, I was, uh, I, I don't know how I stumbled across that, to be honest, but I was watching a video on YouTube, and, and they were whipping out their camera, and I was like, what are they doing? And yeah, I thought that it was really, it was kind of cool, but yeah, like, just the frantic energy of this fight with, like, all yeah. of the clones coming in at you, it's like, you feel like Neo fighting Agent Smith in the Matrix. It's awesome. Yeah, I, and... Now that you say that with the camera, that is pretty cool. But trying to find the real one was hard. Like, oh, yeah. I, was trying to... I, I tried that gimmick once, and I was just like, this is not worth it. I was waiting for, like, you know, the Poe sisters were the one twirls, and I was looking for that kind of thing, like a pattern. But I never saw it, and I was just like, oh, I'm just running around, you know, killing clones. I don't even know which one's the real one. And then by the time I could either figure it out or didn't figure it out, I was getting hacked and slashed, so. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, like, Maz hits hard. Um, yeah. You go flying when you get hit, and I, I loved it. 
And then, uh, of course, we get to the second phase where Maz just, like, becomes a giant. And this one is crazy. It's so good. It actually, it, it almost feels a little bit like the Master Koga fight where, like, uh, Maz is shooting, like, spike balls at you. You have to catch them. But, like, she she's dropping on the stage and it's tilting the stage and, like, it's going berserk and there's still clones attacking you. There's so much stuff going on, but it's so awesome. I I just, like, love this fight. I thought it was interesting that Maz felt more like a Yiga than a Sheikah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was weird because you can drop bananas. You can do this one time, but you can drop bananas and Maz will go for them like the Yiga do. Really? Yeah. But only once. I mean, the Sheikah and the Yiga used to be part of the same clan, didn't they? The Yiga yeah, but like I feel they have very distinct differences because they've been right. separated so long. And I just feel like Maz is more Yiga and it's weird to me well it, it makes you wonder how old maz is yeah i guess maybe from before the break or something like that maybe um i i don't think that we'll ever see maz again in zelda but i would be totally okay learning a little bit more put about... maz in smash bros dude put maz in age of calamity i'm yes! begging you yes i'm begging you that'd be <laughs> so great i don't think that'll happen especially no. because it looks like impa has uh all the maz's best tricks but yeah man that'd be good um, yeah, I think that this is, like, I think that this is just a fantastic boss fight. Uh, I can't think of any others right now, so I'm going to say right here, I think that this is probably the greatest boss fight in the series, and uh, we'll we'll come back next week and we'll debate that a little bit. But yeah, <laughs> okay. I absolutely love this. Of course, after you defeat Maz, you get the Master Cycle. Uh, we touched on that last week, so we won't spend any more time talking about that. Um, Al, is there anything that you want to finish off about the Divine Beast or Maz before we move on to the memories? Um, no, not that I could think of that we haven't covered. It's uh, overall, like, even though the shrines weren't all that great, some of them were more fun than others, just getting to that point, it's just so, it feels so rewarding that you get to do another, a Zelda, like a typical Zelda dungeon and a typical Zelda boss. It was, it was pretty good compared to how everybody felt with the divine beasts and the blights yeah uh, i totally agree okay let's talk about the memories uh of course once you um once you finish all of the the songs for each champion you unlock an additional memory and unlike the the base game where you see memories of link and the champions these are memories of zelda and the champions, uh, specifically when she is asking them to be champions. So I thought that these were were nice, but they didn't they didn't fulfill what I was looking for. Like they, I, I liked what they were trying to do, um, but but it didn't get across their personalities enough for me. Like we only saw augmented bits of the champions of like what we already knew about them. And like, it, I mean, it's tough when you only have like a minute or two to work with to really get their personality across. But like, mm -hmm. I think that there just wasn't, there just wasn't enough um, substance to them. Like, it, like it was really fun, but also like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, like Daruk is afraid of dogs. Do I feel like I know Daruk a little bit more? Not really. Like, um, I, I don't know. They didn't, they didn't land for me as as much as they could have. The final memory did, and we'll we'll talk about that after. But um, yeah, I, I just kind of felt like the basic idea of these memories was to show like an opposite side of them, um, and I and I don't know that that really landed because we're 
we're supposed to see that the fearless Daruk is actually afraid of something. We're supposed to see that like the the badass warrior Urbosa is is very caring and passionate about Zelda and her and her friend Zelda's mother. Uh, we're kind of supposed to see that Mifa is a bit strict with Sidon, even though she looks so caring. But even that, I don't think that that's true because like she she literally goes down and helps Sidon up the waterfall. So I don't know that that one landed. And I don't know what they were trying to do with Rivali, if they were trying to show that he was, like, insecure or something like that. But that didn't come across to me. Uh, he just seemed like an asshole in his memory. <laughs> uh, it, it made me dislike Rivali even more. Oh, wow, uh, than really? Than I already did. Yeah. Oh, man, I thought it, I felt like it opened my eyes to his character, to be honest. Um, I honestly feel like... Uh, this is something that I paid attention to more this time that I played it than the previous times that I played the Champions Ballad. But I feel like the diaries of the champions and the dialogue from uh, fighting the Blights over and over again was more revealing of their characters than the cutscenes, the extra cutscenes that we got. I, I think I could agree with that. Uh, th some of them in particular, uh, I think Daruk in particular, his diary was very... It, it, was, it was much more substantial than... You know, any cutscene uh, with him in it. Yeah. I, I mean, even though, like, half of his diary is him talking about food. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fair. But, like, I, I don't know. You kind of... I And here's the thing. I Like I said, I paid it more attention to that this time around. And I feel like it's kind of opened me up to Mifa. Which, okay. as everybody knows, I haven't really cared about Mifa. And I, kinda, I think I finally figured out why. It's because... Before, I didn't know much about her. There didn't feel like there was much substance to her. She just was a character that liked Link, and she was cute and soft-spoken, and that was it. That was all I saw from her. But when I read her diary, and when I heard her talking to Link um, after the Blight fights, I kind of understood her more and how she just feels so deeply. She has her priorities straight. She thinks of the Zora people first, then Hyrule, then Link. And the fact that she's willing to sacrifice her feelings for Link to share with Zelda what helps her do her powers so that maybe Zelda could activate her own powers. I feel like that's right. pretty self-sacrificing. And so I feel like I like her character more now that I've actually read her diary and gotten to know her better. And I wish that they had done that better by her in her cutscenes. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I think that uh, Mifa's diary was really good. I think Daruk's was good or Bosa's was fine. It's just like, yeah, like they're they're not exactly like front and center. And I don't like the game doesn't really give you any indication that they exist. Uh, you kind of have to go out of your way to find them. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's totally worth it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like I feel like like I'll, I'll pick on Rivali a little bit. But like so I feel what that scene was supposed to accomplish is it's supposed to actually show him insecure in his own abilities uh, because he can't pull off Rivaldi's Gale the first moment that we see him. But then, like, he he immediately pulls it off after. He's just kind of arrogant about his own skills when he's talking to Zelda. He's very arrogant the way he talks to Zelda, very arrogant in his diary. And he never has that redeeming moment to me, I don't feel like. Um, yeah. Not in the game and not in the Champions Ballad. So, I yeah, I, I was just still left with the impression of, like, this is kind of more of the same with him. I did really like Daruk's with, um, you know, he, it shows that he's like kind of the one that really believes in Link. Like obviously Mifa, you know, has, has a thing for Link, but um, Daruk is really, 
he's the, he's the guy that's like this is the night that that we need and like he he's very supportive of him which i thought was good but then i just thought like you know the dog scene was cute but like what is what is that what is that he, ad like what yeah, is it it was dumb it was the dog scene was dumb um with rivali i it was funny because i was reading his diary and i was like god he's such a he's such a jackass and then I understood the cutscene. I I get that he puts up a front, that he acts all arrogant in front of people. But what I thought was interesting is he says one of his dialogues is, "If you happen to read his diary, don't believe it because he wasn't the author." Now is he just saying that because he regrets what he wrote, or was there really somebody who wrote about him that way? Hmm. Which I think is interesting. Um, but That's I do I do hope you get kind of a redeeming factor for him in Age of Calamity at least. And yeah. uh, and another thing I noticed from the diaries is it Hyrule is a lot more divided than I realized it was. They they talk about not seeing each other or the king or Link for years, like years. Right. Which is I just uh, thought Mipha that was in odd. particular says she hasn't seen Link since he was a kid. Yeah. So I was like, wow. I always thought it was super connected because you could just go anywhere you want as Link, but I guess everybody was pretty divided in their own homes. Right. And, and you know what? That's kind of cool because it's like, it's like while, you know, uniting everyone as the champions may have caused some some disarray, particularly with the Zoras, like it did kind of end up bringing everybody closer together. Yeah. Um, I, I did want to mention uh, Urbosa just for a quick second because she was the one where I feel like she got shortchanged too because yeah. we, like, we learn more about Zelda in Urbosa's flashbacks than we do Urbosa. Right. And we learn about her mother and, like, how Zelda was when when she was younger and, like, how... I think Urbosa says that, like, she she's very cold or something like that um, in her demeanor. Yeah. And so, like, it, it was interesting to to read that. But, again, it's just, like, like we don't, we don't really learn anything about Urbosa. Yeah, it makes me want to want to see her relationship with the queen more, with Zelda's mother. Because I'm like, okay, great, the Zelda and Urbosa are close, but the way Urbosa talks about the queen is just, like, so heartfelt. She felt so much pain when her friend died. Mm-hmm. I really want to see how their relationship was, how they, if they grew up together or what. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that... Um, like that was, that was a critique that we don't find out much about Urbosa, but I also, to counter that, I, I think that like, she did a great job when talking about her dear friend and like, when she left this world, that was a really touching moment. Um, I, I think of everybody, I would say that Urbosa's scene maybe landed the best for me. Yeah. Um, even though it, it wasn't exactly what I was hoping for, I thought that Mifa's was nice, but like, I just... Maybe I would have liked to see a little bit more friction between her and Zelda or something like that. They, they kind of hint at it when Zelda's questioning Mifa and then Mifa just like dives off the waterfall and brings up Sidon and yeah. whatnot. But it, it's not explored far enough for me. I do want to talk about the final memory, though, because I think that this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and it's only awesome because, you know, we all know what happens. But it's seeing seeing this group together and like their their candid moment and like, everybody's kind of caught off guard by the big hug and like it's just a really touching moment it's a touching uh photo it's um it's a really great scene i think and and a good way to end the champions ballad um yeah it was definitely like a good uh closure kind of moment it wasn't everything we'd hoped for for the champions but it was kind of good to see them in a format that wasn't like oh my god doom and gloom 
we got to get onto the divine beast and we're the champions right. and all that kind of stuff. It was more just like a heartfelt kind of moment. I like that Daruk knew exactly what he was doing, <laughs> trying to get everybody closer together. Um, again, Rivali's just an arrogant ass. Um, <laughs> I like that Urbosa, you know, she was kind of like consoling Zelda silently in the moment and Mifo was just freaking out because she was standing next to Link, which was pretty cute. But I also like that you get a voice to Parath and... I I hope that they keep the same voice actress for her if they have her in AOC because um, I, I just feel like it fit really well and you get to hear her like signature snap thing and I just I like yeah. I like that we also got her character a little bit in that moment too. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if she doesn't end up as a playable character in Age of Calamity. I think that there's like so much unique stuff that, that they could do with her with like ancient armor, ancient weaponry, Air, like ancient arrows etc etc um so i yeah i would be surprised if we don't see more yeah i i really love that last um scene i liked that it was like mifa's suggestion to take the picture together because like she seems like the only one that might care about like having that memento mm -hmm. um so yeah it was it was a really good scene it was i i think it would have meant even more if you know i i keep on saying this ad nauseum but like i just feel like we need to see the champion's heroic glass stand and god i hope we get that in age of calamity because like i feel like those moments mean more after we've seen them like bravely fighting against all odds even when they know they can't win so yeah it was a great scene and i love that you know you go back to your house after and you have the portrait in there yeah that part was really cute caught me all uh feels got all in my feels about that one I also really like how, you know, Cass is, like, along this journey with you to kind of yes. figure out more the, of the champions about them and about his own teacher. He was also yeah. kind of figuring out that, too, and he was finishing the song. And it was, like, it was an end to his journey, too, I feel like. I really like that, too. Yeah, I was I was literally just about to bring that up um, and talk about Cass and, like, how this is almost as much his story as it is, like, Link's. Because yeah. he... You know, he, he's always talking about his teacher and, like, his teacher bestowed upon him these songs and stuff like that. But as we finish the Champions Ballad, he, like, he has become the teacher. Like, he's finished the songs, he, he's completed the work, and now, like, he is, like, he's the man. Like, he he's the teacher, uh, which I thought was really great. I hope that we haven't seen the last of Cass. So I hope that he comes back in Breath of the Wild too, And I think he will. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that, like, he was really the glue that kept this whole thing together mm -hmm. and really kind of kept the story moving. Um, so Cass did a, did a great job. Yeah. I we're talking about him like he's like a, like a point guard or something like that. But <laughs> I think that like, you know, he, the, the character of Cass really did like a good job of like, you know, propelling everything forward, pulling everything together and putting a nice bow on this DLC. Yeah. Kind of like helping Link with his past um, in the present. It was kind of how I saw him. It was it was pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, so shout out to Cass, and um, you know I guess shout out to the Champions Ballad. This was a fantastic uh, bit of DLC. I think one of the one of like the better like bits of Nintendo downloadable content that I've ever seen. Um, this this you know a lesser developer would have released this as a standalone game. The fact that this is an add on to an already packed breath of the wild adventure is is so awesome yeah and um you know when we decided to do this we did not know 
that age of calamity was coming we just thought it would be fun to talk about all the champions and the the their adventures and memories and stuff like that but now that age of calamity is on the way i feel like the champions ballot just has like so much more meaning attached to it as well so you know anyone listening to this that's on the fence if you haven't got the the dlc yet for breath of the wild this is a totally worthwhile purchase and will augment your enjoyment of age of calamity and breath of the wild so yeah i can't recommend it enough hard same hard same all right well al anything else that we should uh, chat about before we get on out of here no i'm just really excited to make the connections that i've done here in the champions ballad with age of calamity i i why why is it not november yet <laughs> you know what it's it's november soon it's october already so we don't have too, too long to wait not so, close enough though <laughs> there we go uh allison is like a struggling doctor no patience <laughs> uh that's gonna do it for us though uh, i really enjoyed talking about the champions ballot i had a lot of fun and uh, i hope that you guys dug this as well of course we want you to check us out over on twitter i am at spateri 316 and al is at allison aletha uh, and we want you to check us out over on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Like and subscribe. Tell a Zelda fan in your life. And uh, tell them where they can get their Zelda fix. Until next week, guys. We will uh, We will see you then. Take care. All right. This spot should work nicely. Keep your eyes on the Sheikah Slate, everyone. Daruk. Can you crouch down a bit? You're as big as Death Mountain. Huh? Oh. What's with the glum face, princess? Give me a big smile. Huh? <sighs> Ravali, move your tail closer to the group. <sighs> Fine. Mifa, you look so tense. Deep breaths, okay? Right. <sighs> Stay just like that. Here we go. Smile, click snap!